Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. The title of the sermon is Pop Goes Perfection. And this actually came out of uh, a counseling session that I had at Choices. Um, like I said, I was meeting with one of the young men there, and he you know, came in just scared, just doesn't know what to do, is maybe about to have a baby, tattoos all over his face, his neck, like tattoos everywhere. So God always tells you, he's like, just start with a relationship. Like, just talk to them. Like, just get to know their story. So I started asking him about his tattoos, and I noticed one on his arm that says progress over perfection. And man, that hit me so hard. And so I asked him about this tattoo. I said, so what's the significance of that one? He was like, oh, you know, it just reminds me to, uh, you know, always just, just keep moving, just keep moving. And it was him and his mom. Him and his mom actually got the same tattoo. He got that one on his arm, and his mom got a turtle on her, uh, on her ankle, and it said progress over perfection. So I was like, ah, oh, that's pretty cool. And I had told him, I usually don't, I try not to tell them for as long as I can hold off that I'm a pastor, just because it, it uh, some of them, they're kind of like, oh my God, like, they'll come in there swearing, they'll come in whatever, and then as soon as I say that, they really try to hold it all in, and I'm sorry, like, I get apologized to a lot after when, uh, when I tell them I'm a pastor. And I'm like, hey, it's okay, like, let it out, man, safe space, safe space. And I told him, though, I said, man, I'm a pastor. I said, I'm going to make a sermon out of that. I said, that, that's speaking such vine. I didn't have it all at the time, but I'm like, like that is speaking to me. And, and it, it led the way into me just speaking into his life and how, how important he is. That you know, I told him, I said, you are influencing me right now. And so it was, it was really good. I'm telling you guys, like, what's happening over at Choices there, just absolutely incredible. But one of the, did I get my time wrong? my God, we're here until 1245? You guys, all right. I have more time now. I have more time now. <laughs> For some reason, I thought I was done at 1230. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, one of the things that I hear, the biggest thing that I hear when I'm counseling these, these young men is it's not typically, a lot of them say, I'm, I'm okay with being a father. Like, I think I would be a good dad. Even the, the girl that they're coming in with, which sometimes, sometimes is a girlfriend, sometimes they've been in a long relationship, sometimes they've been in a very short relationship, they usually don't even really have doubts about the girl. Like, no, no, I could see marrying her, I could say, I'm like, okay, but then what's the problem? And they're like, they say, so it's like, my life just isn't ready yet. It's just not like, and I was like, what does that mean? They're like, well, I don't have this. I don't have a house, you know, rent is crazy, this and that. Like, I'm not, you know, so many things. Like, even as simple as, you know, I just, I like working out and I don't want that to, you know, come in the way of my life, which, you know, kids, they will mess up schedules a little bit here and there. But so much of it is like, I'm just, my life just isn't this yet. I'm just not ready for this. My life, and I, and I tell them, I was like, so your life isn't perfect. And like, well, not perfect. I said, well, you're waiting for this thing to happen for this thing to be exactly what you want it to be before you are ready to birth. And they don't know this, and I don't, I don't say it to them like this, but I know. I'm like, this thing that God has put inside of you, 
you're trying to say no to it because in your mind, your life isn't perfect yet. And it's not ready yet for that baby, for that thing that God is birthing. So there actually is, I do believe, genuine concern for the seed. There is genuine concern for, I don't know if I can do justice to this thing that God has given me. And now, granted, that's not how they see it, but like, I'm in there and I'm like, man, I know, I see so much in the spirit of like, what's going on in your life? And I want to grab and be like, you don't know what's going on right now. Like, God is, God, God trusts you. No matter what circumstance got you here. And some of them are heartbreaking. Some of them, I mean, I've, I've left that place crying, I don't know how many times. But no matter what got them there, God still trusted them with that seed. God trusted them with that gift. And it breaks my heart so much to see people, because there is some that come in there and there's just nothing I can say. There's nothing I can do because they have a picture in their mind of what a perfect circumstance looks like to bring that child into the world. And if they don't have it, then they are unwilling to bring that child in. And God showed me, he's like, that's what's going on in the church right now. That's what's going on with so many of my sons and daughters. I have trusted them with a seed. I have trusted them with something. And because their life circumstances or because things that they've seen say, no, it's not ready yet. My situation isn't perfect enough yet that I'm unwilling to bring this thing into the world that God has given me. And I'm hoping that after today that you will feel encouraged enough to be okay with the progress. Be okay with the little baby step that you'll have to take to get to the fruition of what God has for you. And see, and the funny thing with even the vision that God gives you, the things that God gives you, and it doesn't just have to be in the church. This is, this is in business. This is for your family. This is for your health. Like, God he doesn't just focus on one thing. Like he created all of you and everything that he has, he wants to work for your good. So in every aspect of your life, you have to ask, where is God putting a seed that I need to nurture? Where is God putting a seed that I, a dream that I need to give my yes to? But unfortunately what is happening and what I've seen happen and people have, have said this about me is they see the perfection, they see the, the Instagram, Facebook lifestyle, which, let's be real, how many pictures does it actually take to get those ones right on Instagram and on Facebook? I've seen people hit so many angles and so many, and just like, nope, higher, nope, son, we gotta go outside. We gotta, here, shut that door, turn the fan on, something like, <laughs> And then when you finally get it, you're like, yes, that's the one. And everybody's like, oh, my God, look at them. That looks amazing. <laughs> now, I am not against doing your best and being diligent in presenting your best. God has given us these gifts. God has given us these tools and things. So, yeah, let's present him well. But the thing that I hate about it is it causes people to look at that and say, well, I'll never be that. So why even start? I'll never, we just had uh, Together happen last Sunday. 
3,000 people showed up. 30, 30 some, like 37 churches, I think it was somewhere in the 30s, closed their buildings like we did and said, we're not going to meet and we're going to come together like the church did back then and we're going to all worship together. They completely closed their doors. And then another like 20 on top of that said, we're going to keep the doors open, but we're still going to send people, send pastors, and we're going to worship together. 50 churches coming together in Steinbrenner Field. Gigi was on the stage singing her heart out. Caleb running around like crazy, keeping the whole thing organized. It, it was incredible. That was not the seed. I do believe this was a seed to something bigger for people like Gigi and Caleb, but that started a long, long time ago with people that some of us will never, ever know sowing seeds when they said God promised them stadiums and gave them a living room. What happens when God promises you nations and gives you a city block? Are you willing or are you discouraged? I said this in the first gathering. I've sat in multiple meetings. I've learned so much from Pastor Scott. I've sat in multiple meetings where I did not want to be him because people would come, people will come and, and with God told me this and these huge elaborate plans, stadiums and churches and buildings and incredible stuff that Pastor Scott and myself absolutely believe that was God. I absolutely believe God dreams big. He sees big things in you. And so I absolutely believe that that was God. But then Pastor Philip, or Pastor Scott, very practical and truly cares about what God has spoken to your life. Something that he's taught me is like, okay, what's your first step? So what do we do now? And I'm like, well, I need $500,000 and we need, I need to get the amphitheater and I need to go, like, have you even preached before? Do, do you know, the, do you even have insurance to cover that? No, okay. well, why don't, what's the next step? Who's your team? Who's your core? Who's your encouragement? What has God say to do next? He gave you the dream. He showed you the whole puzzle and now he wants to say, okay, what are you going to do with these three pieces? And time after time, I've seen people get discouraged. They know I don't want all that part. I just want the end game. I just, I just want the perfect, what I see on YouTube, what I see on TV. I want to be um, like Bethel. I want to send people. I want all these miraculous things to happen. It is in every single one of you. But just like the people that we see on TV, just like we see on Facebook and all these things and see at Steinbrenner, they all started somewhere. They all, God trusted them with a seed and then said, now what are you going to do next? And when he says, what are you going to do next? You know what? I would say 95% of the time what the next thing you're supposed to do is, Father, Thank you for this seed. What do you want me to do next? What is my next move? And sometimes when he says patience, man, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear, be patient. No, you gave me this. 
he wouldn't have told me this if I wasn't supposed to go and rent out Raymond James right now. You got like $45 in your bank account. Where are you going to rent out Raymond James Stadium? Well, God's going to bring it. Okay, if he does, great. But if he doesn't bring that person to just finance you, most people, that would destroy you. I've thrown many events. I was in charge of the National Day of Prayer for two years. And in those two years, it is difficult. Getting pastors to pray in this region is not an easy thing to do. But the logistics that come with it, there is a, there's a tactical side to everything that God has for you. But being mm, so prideful that you can't start with the little and that you're just saying, nope, God gave me this dream, so I'm going to do it. Jesus started as a baby. The Savior. Could he have just popped up out of somewhere? Out of the bushes? Mm -hmm. I'm Messiah, y'all. He, he could have done that. Be that guy in the room like, has he been here this whole time? I don't totally remember him, but um, he looks familiar. Could have done that. There was a progress. There was so much that we get to learn from his story. There is so much that people are going to learn from your story of where you started with that seed, what you sowed for that seed, all the way up until you get to Steinbrenner, or Raymond James, or you have the, a business that has just made you a millionaire, like whatever it is. But all along the way, there's progress. And if you get caught up with just the fear of no, if it doesn't look like that, then I don't want to do it. That's, that's such a dangerous place to be. What happens when progress looks like failure? I cannot count how many times I felt like I failed at being a pastor. On a weekly basis, I feel like being, that I'm a failure as being a dad and a husband. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have yelled at that. I shouldn't have got mad at that. I oh, my God, having a dog. Hoo-wee. That thing tests my patience every day. Stinking Bella. Mia prayed for that dog. Pray that she stops peeing in the house. What happens when progress looks like failure? Peter, to me, is, is such a prime example of that. Jesus, he tells Jesus to call him out on the water. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of turmoil, Jesus is walking out just fine. Peter starts walking out to him, and he starts out pretty good. And then all of a sudden, he starts taking stock of what's happening around him. He starts letting his surroundings affect him more than Jesus standing in front of him. I'm saying this so you don't get discouraged that if Peter with Jesus standing in front of him, in my mind, I'm like, the second that my foot hits the water and I don't go through, I'm sprinting. I'm running everywhere. I'm jumping through waves. I'm Aquaman out there. Like, I am, like, you can't stop me. But if Peter, looking at the face of Jesus, can start to fail, it's okay if you do too.
It's okay that even if you know that you know that you know that God has spoken this to you, has said, this is what I've called you for. You are meant for this time, for this place to do this thing. And halfway through it, you start to fall through the water. It's okay. Sometimes progress looks like failure. But Jesus, what did he do right away? He grabbed him. He picked him up. It says, Peter cried out, save me, Lord, he cried. Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, what little faith you have, why would you let doubt win? Those times, doubt will come in. Doubt will come in. It's like, what, did God really give me this? Did he really say I was good enough to do this? Did he really say that? And immediately the enemy sees that open door and he was like, nope, you suck. Nope, you were never good enough to do this. I told you you were going to mess up. You already knew you were going to mess up. You know what? Yeah, you are going to mess up. There's going to be things you're not going to get everything right. Because God wants to teach you things through the process. But also, he wants people to learn from your process. People will get to stand on your shoulder. The things that you have accomplished will begin to be their floor be where they get to start from, where the next, the future generations, the ones that were standing on here, the ones that I got nothing but youth running AV back there. Four years I've been working on that stuff and they just walk up, oh, so I just hit this button? So it's just this? That's easy. Like, you don't know what it took to get me here. How many things I bought and returned and bought the wrong thing and didn't know and money and Scott, I need more. They get to learn from my process. The things that become hard for them in a moment that took me a year to figure out, they get to solve in a moment because of what I've been through. So God gave me three things, three things to help when, when progress looks like failure, when, when you're getting scared, when you're looking at the perfection of what God has told you and you're like, I don't know if I can achieve that. I don't know if that's actually meant for me or even if you're in the midst of the progress. Three vital things. One, the comfort of the Father. The comfort of Abba. You guys, this is where you have to start your day. Every day. Every day start and say, God, that's why I said it in worship. It's so hard. What next? What do you have for me today? We, you will put so much stress on you, especially when you're trying to go after. When you're trying to go after a, something that God has given you, a dream, a vision that God has given you, you'll hit a stride. And all of a sudden you'll be like, yes, I'm going. And you'll just start trucking. You'll just start going. you start moving. And like, this is good. This is working. And faster and faster. And then... You have to be careful because then you can start falling into, well, this is working, so I'll just keep doing it. But every day, you need the comfort of the Father because either one, he might tell you, go harder, keep going. And you're like, that seems really difficult. But if God said it, then you have the comfort to know that he's going to back you on that. Or he might say, hey, take a break for a little bit. You're about to miss an opportunity. You're about to create something that I didn't. So take a break. The comfort, the daily comfort of the Father is vital. The guidance of the Holy Spirit, 
Galatians 5.25 says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Same thing, that same guidance. Every day, Holy Spirit, what next? What next? If you're asking the Holy Spirit to guide you, a guide leads you, shows you where to go, how fast to go, where not to step. You need to keep up with the Spirit. They will also tell you when not to move, when to be still, when to take an extra minute. Staying in step with the Holy Spirit is vital in the process. Healthy, positive, and encouraging community. This one is so important. If the people around you are not speaking life, if they are stepping all over your dreams, laughing when you fall, that is not your community. And you need to, you need to get rid of them. In love, separate yourself. You need people that are constantly encouraging you towards the things that they have listened and even sought God themselves for what you are supposed to be doing. Because they will play a part in that. Scott, Caleb, Tracy, all, I know they have all prayed about what I am supposed to be doing here and they have been my biggest encouragement and my biggest support. I would not even be close to the man that I am right now four short years after starting this church if it wasn't for them. Because they constantly, and they would help me, they would speak to my, and they gave me room to also speak back. They gave me room to voice my opinion and not just get shut down. Positive, encouraging community is vital in the process because you'll need time to vent. You'll need time to just let out your emotions in a safe space where somebody won't just agree with everything that you say. There's been so many times where I've sat with Caleb and Scott and been like, this is happening and this is happening and this sucks and I'm, I'm going back to my old job and going back to that. And man, there were so many reasons why they could have said, all right, that's, go ahead. I just made some room in the budget. Like, all right, go, go do that. Like, they, they could have just let me be. But they, they, they would keep speaking life into me. They would simply ask me like, is that you or is that God? Is that just your frustration or is God actually telling you to go? It's like, well, it's because of this, this, and this. Well, that sounds like a situation. That doesn't sound like God. That sounds like you are struggling in the progress that you're trying to make towards God's perfect will that he has for you. So during that, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you support. I'm going to give you guidance. That community is vital, you guys. And it ain't always going to fall in your lap. It usually will not fall in your lap. It has to be something that you, you look for, that you test. Just because somebody invited you to their house, that does not mean they're supposed to be your community. Just because somebody happened to hang out after church, like that might be a good thing. But just like Jesus, like where's your three? Where, where, where's the ones that you are so close to that you can be as real and raw and sometimes ungodly as you want and they're not going to hold that against you, but they're going to still continue to see what God sees in you. That is what you need around you. That is so vital 
in this journey. When God gives you a seed and he says, this is what it is going to be and what it can potentially be at its height, at its perfection. He says, but this is what I'm giving you right now. That community is vital into helping it grow, into watering that thing, into, into speaking positive, loving, godly life into you during that. So you guys, I hope, if nothing else, that you're just encouraged that when God shows you something perfect, when he shows you something and says, I've called you to do this, he speaks things into existence. He, he wants you to see the whole, he wants you to see the vision. He wants you to see the glory. Don't get lost in it. Don't, don't be so scared or so prideful that the next question out of your mouth isn't, okay, God, where do you want me to start? I think that there's so many things that are sitting on the shelf in the church today because people were either too scared or too prideful to say, no, if I can't start there, then I'm not going to do this. And we are robbing the kingdom. We are robbing this region of so many incredible people, incredible businesses, incredible ministries that are supposed to happen, but they all got to start somewhere. So if you would stand up with me. Prayer team, if you guys can come up. I did this in, in the first guy. If I can have everybody, just close your eyes. Just, just Well, before you close your eyes, because you have to look at me. Hold your hand up like this. Just hold your hand up like this. Close your eyes. I believe that God is going to deposit something. I believe that God is going to either reawaken a dream, a passion, a prophetic word that may have been spoken over you, but I also believe that there is people here that God is going to birth something new today. And because he's God, he is going to show you how incredible and the fullness of that. But in your hand, he is going to give you the seed. He's going to give you the starting point. So, Father God, I pray right now. I thank you so much, God, for showing us that seed. For showing us God, where we are to start. God, I thank you that because your visions and your trust for us is so big that you've shown us what your perfect will and agenda is for us. And I thank you that you have given us the patience, that you have given us the wisdom, and that you have given us the community around us, Father, to start simple. That the next thing that we ask is, God, now what? What next, Papa? What do you have for me next? Father God, I thank you for your comfort. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your guidance. And I thank you for providing the community around each and every one of us that is needed to help see, see this dream through. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.